or good morning. Here's a shocking fact. Every day you wake up with someone you don't really know. You go to breakfast and they're there. You go to school or to work, anywhere really, and they are with you. And though they spend nearly every minute of every day thinking about you, it never really feels enough. Of course, the person ghosting you all day every day is you, yourself. And though we spend most of our time and energy and money on ourselves, we often experience an internal emptiness. You may be familiar with that emotion. Even the most successful people by world standards regularly feel this. This emptiness occurs despite who we are or what we do. It's not limited to the type of job, and it happens across all salary levels and positions. It happens despite our income or how much we own or how many people like us. It afflicts famous people as well as ordinary folks. Now, I'm not referring to clinical depression or mental illness or even melancholy thoughts, but to an emptiness we experience in the very depths of our being. My own life experience bears this out. It can even occur after I've spoken a really good message and people resonate with it. And the feeling of satisfaction and a job well done doesn't last as long as I imagined it would. It's like my soul says, okay, what's next? And this is not entirely driven by my insecurities, nor by the adulation of others, but emptiness is often the bedfellow of success. From listening to stories of people I know personally, this condition is true for elite sports people, senior business people, and members of parliament alike. It happens to nurses, teachers, dads and mums, school leavers, and church leaders. It is fueled by a belief most of us have that if we could get a certain level or achieve a certain thing in life, then life would be full and we'd be finally happy. This may seem how life works, but it's not really. It's just a dream we are sold. Now, growing and learning and achieving are all important to human flourishing, but the end game is not what or where we're told it should be. And that's because there's something in our DNA that keeps us from finding satisfaction in ourselves for ourselves. You can see this dynamic play out in the lives of famous characters, even in the Bible. Perhaps the best example is the story and life of King Solomon. He ruled Israel a thousand years before Jesus walked the earth. And like his father, King David, before him, he ruled over a golden age in Israel. And God reached out and blessed him mightily. Let's read about that. God appeared to Solomon and said, What do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Solomon replied to God, You showed great faithful love to David, my father, and now you have made me king in this place. O oh Lord God, please continue to keep your promises to David, my father, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly, for who could possibly govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, Because your greatest desire is to help your people, and you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies, or a long life, 
but rather you ask for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people, I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge you requested, but I will also give you wealth, riches and fame such as no other king has ever had before you or will ever have in the future. That's found in Second Chronicles. Solomon is known for his worship of God, his wisdom, wealth and works. He starts out with a big picture in mind, honourable intentions, yet towards the end of his reign, doubt and emptiness dogged him. We know this because Solomon himself wrote a journal about his own rise and fall. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes, and there he writes, I said to myself, look, I am wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness to folly. But I learned firsthand that pursuing all this is like chasing the wind. Solomon is not saying, life sucks, don't even try. He's saying, from hard personal experience, that in life we have to keep the main thing the main thing, to keep focused on God, or we will lose eternal significance. He later wrote, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. It's just that we cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Solomon understood the emptiness of human achievement that comes to all who ignore God's kingdom purposes. They miss God's plan for human flourishing. We can spend our life seeking more, better and different, only to come up short. And when this happens, we often seek comforters or compensators. The first one is, well, more work. As Christians, we know that drugs and alcohol are not good options for us, but more work, ah, that's something everyone appreciates. And in many industries, you actually get paid for working longer, win-win. I've heard myself and others justify this by saying, it's only for a season. But seasons have a start and an end. If your extra work doesn't, it's not really a season. It's your life. Hard work is good. Overwork is not sustainable and doesn't lessen our emptiness. The second compensator people go to is more food. It's the most underestimated of all self-medication and has global implications. Obesity and being overweight is almost normal in the Western world, but it causes more disability and death than anything else. Now, celebrating with food and things is important, but overeating is not. We soon find out that being full does not overcome that internal emptiness. In place of self-medication, we should lean into self-care. You know, rest when you're tired, stop eating when you're full, and exercise regularly. Even so, while self-care prevents self-harm, it won't solve the problem of emptiness in the human soul. That emptiness we all feel. So, what can we do to overcome emptiness and discontent? Our lives are conditioned by the culture around us 
to preface all decisions with the question, what's in it for me? Basically, the kingdom of this world wants us to be the focal point of our own lives. And it is true that we are the common denominator in our life. You know, wherever we go, there we are. You are the one you wake up with and live with every moment of every day. As a result, we filter all our learning, relationships, experiences, and everything else through our own eyes. But as long as we keep making everything about us, we'll continue the cycle of striving and emptiness. Easy to understand, hard to do. So here's a couple of life hacks Jesus taught us that I also recommend. Firstly, stop making money your life mission. Surveys in Australia show that one in three Aussie workers don't like what they do. And they don't get the why of what they do beyond earning wages to live on. Add this to the fact that most employees only see profit or the bottom line as motivation and you can see an inevitable confusion and conflict in the workplace and a confusion of purpose. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. His wisdom says money isn't enough to fill our emptiness or to fulfill our purpose. Money, well, it's important, but it isn't the mission. Money just funds the mission. The Apostle Paul put out a warning to us in the New Testament when he wrote, warn the rich people of this world not to be proud or to trust in wealth that is easily lost. Tell them to have faith in God, who is rich and blesses us with everything we need to enjoy life. Instruct them to do as many good deeds as they can and to help everyone. Remind the rich to be generous and share what they have. This will lay a solid foundation for the future, so they will know what true life is like. And by the way, in the world and global context, pretty much everyone in Australia is rich. The Apostle Paul is saying, love people and use money. Don't mix it up. The second thing Jesus would say is, start making others your life mission. Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. For even I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Truth is, you are not big enough reason for you to have a fulfilling life, and neither am I. Most have tried and failed to eradicate that emptiness, and that can just lead to compensating and toxic behaviours. Someone once said, to be wrapped in yourself makes too small a present. But if you understand that God calls us through faith in Jesus to have a big impact in the lives of others, your life will take on meaning and purpose that dispels emptiness. You know, Solomon was wise and wealthy and still he struggled to focus his life on doing what God intended him to do and not serve his own interests. Jesus said, for if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life yourself, 
you will forfeit what you try to keep. For what use is it to proudly gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your own soul? Those that heed the words of Jesus are well on the way to living their best life. And that is what following Jesus is all about.